I love to go see lights at Christmas because they remind me that Jesus is the light of the world. And so uh, Christmas Eve, after the Christmas Eve service, I'd always tell the kids, let's go look at Christmas lights. And they weren't always as excited as I was about it, but um, that was a special time to, because that's what lights at Christmas mean to me, is that Jesus is the true light that came into the world. Do you have a favorite Christmas carol? Perhaps Joy to the World? How about O Come All Ye Faithful? Or maybe O Holy Night? You know, I love them all, but one line of one carol has always stood out to me. This line summarizes so well the coming of the King of Kings into our world. Hi, my name is David Dennis, and I'm with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you for joining us today for this special Christmas edition of the podcast. Getting back to that Christmas carol, the line I am thinking of reminds me of my lens in front of my very nearsighted eyes, focusing the image precisely on my retina. What is that line and what is that carol? Well, the carol is, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and the line that I really appreciate is, quote, The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight, end quote. For thousands of years, humankind has struggled with sin, corruption, and death. There was something dreadfully wrong with us, and we knew it. We looked forward to God sending a promised Messiah. Ever since then, we have looked back to that day when God became a human being and entered our world as a little baby. Yes, the hopes and fears of all the years were indeed met in Bethlehem that night. He is the focal point of history. His birth is the very focal point of history. Listen today as we discuss with my wife Carla and our friend Vivian some more ideas on how we can keep Christ the focal point of Christmas. When our children were in grade school, young grade school years, um, we were close friends with another homeschool family that they had three or four children as well. And we had invited them over for um, just a Christmas party and we dressed up and got all the garb that looked like shepherds and Mary and Joseph and the baby and one of the children was pretty small and we just read the Christmas story and acted it out and they got really enjoyed doing that. So let's talk about gift giving and receiving. This is kind of the area that uh, sometimes is challenging because as parents we do have we do find great joy in giving gifts to our kids that we know they really like and will appreciate at least when they're young. <laughs> And that's a parallel to God sending his son, of course, a gift to us. But um, any thoughts on gift giving and how we can keep that balanced? We once knew a family that when we met them, um, they came to our house to stay from another state. And um, we got to know them and we really appreciated them. And they told us at Christmas time that they did not give any gifts at all in their home. They... Um, really desired to keep things real simple and focus on on the real um, the story of Christmas and helping others and so I think that that was I appreciated that just it was just their attitude that they wanted to give God the glory it gave me some thought we never did adopt that did we <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's um wrong to give gifts at Christmas I think they represent Jesus giving himself to us the father giving us his greatest gift of his son I think it can be good as long as your focus isn't just all on what am I going to get, what am I going to get. It's what can I give because he gave the greatest gift. One activity I heard is 
a real sweet idea for Christmas, especially with younger children, is there's a book called The Giving Manger, and there's a kit that that comes with it. And it's the manger that Jesus uh, lays in is empty at first. And so you tell your children that the manger is empty. You don't put Jesus in there until Christmas Day. But in the meantime, every time that someone does an act of kindness or um, service to somebody, they get to put a piece of straw in the little manger. And then you see how you can fill it up with service and, and love. And then on Christmas Day, you put Jesus in there. And the same family has also uh, put out some cards, a set of, I think, 50 cards that are just simple ways and ideas to to spread kindness and uh, to go along with that. I think that's a really good idea. And some of the suggestions they did would be like just to tr- turn off your electronics and go visit someone, make a card and take to the nursing home, d- you know, deliver a treat to a neighbor, those kind of things. So you could do that at Christmas time. I think that would be excellent way to promote kindness and other being other-centered. If you're interested in, in looking into that, there's a website called thegivingmanger.com, and that's where you can see those two items I mentioned. One way to keep Christ in Christmas with your children is through uh, the Samaritan's Purse shoeboxes that you can fill with gifts for kids around the world that don't have any Christmas. And you can pick a child of uh, any age and, and gender that you want to focus on and then go to a store with your kids and have them pick out things that they would want this little girl or boy to have. And then the joy of putting it all in the shoebox and taking it to church so that it can go. And you can even put a picture of your family in there and it gets the kids involved in picking out gifts for someone else. Along with that too, we did the Christmas angel tree at the mall Mm -hmm. where I think sometimes that was sponsored by Prison Fellowship, where it was families that had people in prison, and they would their father or mother were in prison, and so then the family would be adopted by someone to help them uh, provide some Christmas uh, gifts for them. One thing that we did uh, when my kids were older, and we weren't going to be um, doing our Christmas celebration on Christmas morning because of the way everybody's schedule was, we had an opportunity to go to a homeless I guess it was a shelter-type place where um, the homeless could come by that morning and receive gifts. And sometimes it was just socks and toiletries and things like that. Sometimes it was other things. But we went uh, with a neighbor who had invited us to go, and I can't remember if maybe three, maybe four of my kids went with me. But they were of of high school age. They were older kids by that time. And so we just went and helped organize all that stuff to give to the homeless as they came through that morning. And um, that was meaningful, uh, a way to do with older children. The reality is that Christmas can be difficult for some people, maybe due to depression, due to loss of loved ones, loss of job, um, maybe relationship issues where there's been a break in the family. And so on, what would you, what words of encouragement might you have for someone going through a difficult time during this season? I think the biggest thing that comes to my mind is listen to people and allow them to talk and just listen and let them tell their story and don't try to insert, well, this happened to me or just let them talk. And I think that is a healing thing when people can talk about their loved one, can mention their name can tell their favorite memory, 
that's just really important, I think. And even at the table, I think, um, dinner table, I've heard people, you know, with a put extra place setting where that person would have sat, mm-hmm. you know, and to honor them and to honor their memory. And if children are there, I think um, they need to talk too sometimes. They need mm-hmm. to maybe tell their favorite memory. Uh, so I think that would be an idea to not be afraid to talk about them. Of course, if they're in heaven, we we know that we have hope to see them again. God reminded me as I was uh, looking over some of the questions for this time together that Jesus was not at home on Christmas. He had left his home to be with us. And in reality, that's how he spent Christmas was not with his father. And so he understands what we're going through and we can rely on him and we can realize that he's been through everything that we could ever go through and that he understands. Mm -hmm. And we, just like you said, Carla, remembering those people and uh, talking about them and listening to people is so, so important. Mm -hmm. But knowing that God understands that he was there, that he's, he, he lost his son too, not only giving him up at Christmas time to come be with us, to be our savior, but then for him to die and be resurrected and be, you know, he, he's given up everything for us and he understands everything that we could ever go through. And I know when you're going through really hard times, that's not necessarily a comfort for someone to say that to you. I think it's important to be listened to more than be talked to, but, Mm -hmm. um, to encourage people that in their hearts, they can know that God understands. Very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can be Jesus to someone just by being there, just the presence, our presence. Also, I guess just to let them know that it's okay to be sad at Christmas time, Mm. you know, because God has given us feelings for a reason, and and it helps us to depend on him more when we're sad, that we can look up to him and have that hope. And on that, we could... Uh, one time we adopted a family like they were foreign students i think and they didn't have a place to go at christmas and we invited them into our home so i think when th- sometimes it's not it doesn't work out cuz you've got too many little kids running around your house but at certain seasons of your life that's an opportunity to adopt a family just like god adopted us i love to go see lights oh yeah at christmas because they remind me that jesus is the light of the world and so I, Christmas Eve, after the Christmas Eve service, I'd always tell the kids, let's go look at Christmas lights. And they weren't always as excited as I was about it, but um, that was a special time to, because that's what lights at Christmas mean to me, is that Jesus is the true light that came into the world. Yeah, I think in all these situations that lights, gifts, the meal, fellowship, all these things can be can be taken wrongly or to the extreme and point away from Christ, but also they can be redeemed and point toward Christ, as you pointed out. In light of the idea of bringing strangers into your home, uh, this last Thanksgiving we were at my sister's home, and it was really neat because she had invited four different couples to come into their home uh, and some students as well, high school students, and they were from all over the world. They were there from China, Bangladesh, South Korea, and India. As we shared around the table, you know, we we shared a lot about different cultures and just had a really good time um, making them feel welcome, and it was enriching to us as well. I thought we'd end with a reading from the book Every Moment Holy by Douglas McKelvey. 
this really, I think, brings it together in terms of how we can intentionally redeem situations that we have at Christmas time, gift giving, the lights, the music, and keep them all focused on Christ. So I hope you'll enjoy this short reading. As we prepare our house for the coming Christmas season, we would also prepare our hearts for the returning Christ. You came once for your people, O Lord, and you will come for us again. Though there was no room at the inn to receive you upon your first arrival, we would prepare you room here in our hearts and here in our home, Lord Christ. As we decorate and celebrate, we do so to mark the memory of your redemptive movement into our broken world, O God. Our glittering ornaments and Christmas trees, our festive carol, our sumptuous feast. By these small tokens, we affirm that something amazing has happened in time and space, that God, on a particular night, in a particular place, so many years ago, was born to us an infant king, our Prince of Peace. Our wreaths, our ribbons, and colored lights, our giving of gifts, our parties with friends, these have never been ends in themselves. They are but small ways in which we repeat that sounding joy first proclaimed by angels in the skies near Bethlehem. In view of such great tidings of love announced to us and to all people, how can we not be moved to praise and celebration in this Christmas season? As we decorate our tree and as we feast and laugh and sing together, we are rehearsing our coming joy. We are making ready to receive the one who has already with open arms received us. We would prepare you room here in our hearts and here in our home, Lord Christ. Now we celebrate your first coming, Emmanuel, even as we long for your return. O Prince of Peace, our elder brother, return soon. We miss you so. Amen. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.